0: Hey, I uh, hope you're doing all right this morning. Why don't we, uh, we're going to start uh, with a prayer. Is that all right with everybody? Yeah? I mean, what are you going to say? No? So uh, why, don't you, why don't we stand up and uh, you don't have to stand if, uh, if you pray, but right now you have to stand. So so uh, we have a lot to pray about. You, a lot of you guys have stuff to pray about in your own life, and then we're going to join our hearts together and pray for the church and the community that was uh, with it was afflicted with such evil this last, a week ago today. And uh, we, uh, if you, you know, it seems like we have a tragedy of the week uh, in our nation anymore. And if you, you know, there is, there is no, uh, if you ever wonder like, why do we pray for this one or not? We just try to be, try to let God lead us. That's, and we're doing the best we can. And sometimes we feel like, man, we've got, and so that's just, if you have any questions, you can let me know about that. But if you wonder, like, why do we, well, it's just, that's why. So, is that all right? You guys good with that? Yeah. All right. So, Lord, thank you for this morning. Thank you that um, we're here right now, and we don't want to take that for granted. That's no small thing that we are in this moment together, in this place, um, kind of expecting you to to connect with us in some way. Um, uh, expressing worship to you and praise to you, like we've already done, and and hoping God that that you have something, a word for us, and that's not a small thing. And we do it in the, uh, we do it without a second thought. And then yet we know there's friends we've never met, people that are really our, our connected family, our brothers and sisters in Jesus, kind of in the same boat. Last week, and a horrible tragedy struck them, and it's just it's impossible. For us to get our head around this stuff lord but we think of them one at a time and it's just brutal for us and so we uh we pray for them we pray for every family that's lost uh all the uh, i think it's 26 of them uh and then that church itself and uh lord i thank you that uh their 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 church denomination is helping them and covering all the costs of their all the expenses and um, taking such good care of them. Thank you for the faith we've heard expressed um, by those in that church. Nothing but faith and hope, and uh, it's a beautiful thing in the midst of this ugliness, Lord. And so we uh, we pray your presence on them. And then, God, uh, and your shalom. Shalom to them in the name of Jesus. And uh, Lord, for all of us who are going through our own thing, and it might not be like a newsworthy thing that's going to end up on the news, but, but we're, we're in a battle that we just, we just got to win. We got to get through this. We got to cut through this darkness, God. We pray for that today would be a moment of victory for us today, a moment of victory, that, uh, that today would be a breakthrough day that would change the rest of this week and maybe, maybe our whole lives. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I want you to say hi to two people on your way down. Just two, not four. We don't have time for four. I'll add to the noise. That's what it sounds like from here. All right. We said two, but you never listen. You just don't. You have other good qualities. That's not one of your good qualities. Sorry. So, um, here's, uh, speaking of Texas in a weird way, but, um, uh, a few weeks ago, we uh, took a special offering for uh, hurricane relief for people in Houston and uh, and, and my uh, to be honest with you, like uh, for a change, uh, <laughs> I, 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 sh- I know like when people use that phrase, to be honest, you know some people like that's a thing they always say that you should drop that because it's like, well what are you what about the rest of the time uh, <laughs> I guess I should say to be transparent uh, again for a change the uh I was hoping I was hoping that we would raise about ten grand because there was a bunch of churches that were going to do it from this area um, our buddies over at foothills were uh, uh, we're the ones that hatched this scheme and uh, us and them, and then we we got a bunch of other churches involved because you know we're we're friends with a bunch of people and uh real popular and uh, the, uh, so, the, um, so we thought, man, if we could, and uh, we, on that day, we, you guys gave $23,000, which was, yeah, right? So that was cool. The bad news is our friends over at Foothills gave twenty-five, so that sucks, right? So, um, so we're taking another offering right now and we need uh, $2,001 is what we need. So, no, I'm just kidding. If you want, that would be cool. But uh, if you have two grand in your pocket, that's the Lord speaking to you. But, Anyways, but we sent, um, I don't know if he's here. I, I don't see him out there. But uh, one of our people here that's kind of our, that leads our Red Cross volunteer team here, Larry LaHaye. And um, and anyways, they put, uh, we the group of us put together a little video that just tells you what went on. We sent a bunch of guys down there with a checkbook and all this money and said, discern what we should do with this. Um, Cause there's, you know, we could just ship it down there, but we thought, we think the Lord's got something of a church to church connection with us here. And so here's a little video that tells you about that.
1: About a month ago, eight churches took offerings or gave donations to help our Christian brothers and sisters in Houston who were affected by the hurricane. And together we came up with about 70,000. And these eight churches sent down five representatives. Four of them are sitting with me here. The first is Larry LaHaye from Journey, Pastor uh, Bruce Greco from Summit Church, and Don Kuhn from here at Foothills, and Garrett Masters from Foothills. Uh, what did you expect, and then what did you see? You. you you, everybody has expectations but you know what were your expectations going and was uh, when you got there was it different
2: I would say that I really didn't know what to expect uh, the devastation that, go, that goes into these churches and the homes I never realized that there was that much that's um, that's what surprised me I, I think
1: I, if any expectations I had was that churches would be devastated what I learned was that the love of some of these pastors in these churches was so dedicated to the community that they became food distribution centers. They worked at their church, but the community was more important. But they sacrificed their own homes yes. to help the community. And I did not expect that at all. Oh my gosh, some of these pastors' homes were just awful. Devastated. They were awful. And they needed help as well as the churches. Yeah. I, I was just uh, thrilled by it
2: the sense of God is faithful through all this. And we heard great stories about how the churches were really touching new people they've never had access to before. Communities that maybe before the disaster were closed to them, now there was relationship being established uh, in those communities. So I was very encouraged that just, just the, the sense of hope and faith that
1: people had. So you guys were there for four days. Just kind of give us an idea of what you did every day. What'd you do?
3: Yeah, so Pastor Jeff, um, I, I don't think we could have done what we did without Absolutely fasting. not. Yep, that's true. Uh, he did so much legwork before we got down there.
2: And he had highlighted eight churches that he thought were the most needy. Eight, eight churches. Eight, eight churches. So he gave that list to us. That was Monday afternoon. From there, we went to, I think it was three churches that night. Mm-hmm. We started right away.
1: What did some of these churches look like that you went to visit, and uh, what were they doing for their communities? Sure.
2: Well, we, we really had kind of a combination of two different scenarios. One scenario was the churches were just devastated. The other scenario was that the church was fine, but the pastor's home was devastated. So we kind of took you know, took inventory of what really needed to take place. The, the, the cool thing is what we would go into these places, we'd hear the story of the pastor and the church and the people, what they were doing. We kind of step outside as a group, mm-hmm. we pray, mm-hmm. we just kind of ask what the Lord wants to do, and then all of a sudden we just start talking about what we're feeling, and then a lot of times like, yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. Sometimes yeah. we'd even have the same number in our head, and there was a time where we felt like, you know, this place is okay, that we don't feel led yeah. to necessarily contribute here. We, we feel maybe
3: there's another place, and so it was great to see the unity of the team. To see two-fold thing. Uh, one was the devastation down there. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of the water had receded by the time we got down there. There was almost no water. Uh, but you would, like Larry was saying, you'd drive down the street and you would see these piles of trash. And then you'd go into one of these houses and you'd realize that's not trash. That's somebody's belongings. That's mm-hmm. everything that they own. And it's thrown out onto the street. And you see these people that are left with nothing. And um, there was a realization of how much loss there was there. But then at the same time, like Pastor Bruce was saying, the unity that was there. There was uh, churches coming together, there was communities coming together, there was people coming together, and then that we could come down with the gifts that you guys gave and help these churches out and pray for the pastors. Mm-hmm. Uh, they knew that there was pastors and, and people that were helping them from California, and that. Uh, Changed their perspective, you know, and created a whole nother sense of, of unity in the body. And that was something that was a, a big eye-opener for me and, and I'm honored to be a part of.
0: Yay! Yay! That's cool, right? Is that fun or what? And I, lo- I love this scene where they're, pray- they're handing the check to that guy and then praying over him. And, you know, that was you doing that, Right. That that wasn't their money. That they that was your money that you gave and uh, your prayers that you sent. So uh, I don't know if I you, but I feel pretty good about that. Are you good? I feel really good about that. So, yay! So thanks for doing that. You guys are awesome. So uh, there's um, a uh, outline in your program. I'd love for you to take that out, and it's not as useful as usual, but uh, it still might be okay today. And um, we're as you saw from the other video, the the cool little intro video the. We're, our series, God Speaks, continues today, and, you know, there's um, there's this famous quote that most people know part of from the Bible, and it's, see, I'll start saying it, and as soon as you recognize it, you say it with me, man does not live by, right? That's famous, right? It's a very famous quote. It was, I remember as a kid, it was on a commercial for, I forget, for something, but, uh, uh, you know, um, some product. Man does not live by bread alone. But the part that that most people don't know is the second part, which is the main point of the verse. It's uh, it's actually from Deuteronomy 8, and it's from when the children of Israel were in the wilderness. And it says, God took care of you. He provided for you. He watched over you. He made sure your shoes didn't wear out and your clothes didn't wear out and you had man on and you were fed because, you know, so that you would learn that man does not live by bread alone, but... And then Jesus quoted this when he was in the wilderness being tempted, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So here's the whole quote. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word. Man does live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. In other words, God says, a word from me, that's not a luxury. That's what you need to live. And when you know the Bible says bread it doesn't mean you know the carb carbohydrate part of your meal it means it, it kind of means food it can mean literal bread lechem in Hebrew but, or artos in Greek but it it means your food you know you need God's word you need God to speak to you as much as you need food even if you don't know that or are aware of that some of us are not doing very well our, we're just our life we're not thriving things aren't going well that, it could be that you're, you're starving to death, like your life is kind of malnourished, as it were. So here's what we're asking you to do this, this month during this series, and really, I'd love for you to do this all the time, but for this month especially, I would ask you, despite your doubts, are you willing to dare to believe that God wants to speak to you? And by the way, that's a really good thing. He wants to speak to you and he's not necessarily looking to just yell at you or scream at you. He wants to speak to you and and give life to you there's a book called hearing god that's the best book on this subject i've ever read by by like a mile and uh it's by dallas willard shock and uh it's uh here's a quote from it i quoted from it last week here's another one hearing god a daring idea some would say presumptuous and even dangerous but what if we are made for it what if the human system simply will not function properly without it what if, and that's true, the human system won't function properly without hearing from God. It's kind of like, you know, an uh, uh, embryo and the umbilical cord. I mean, you, they, they need that to be okay. You need, a, you need hearing from God to be okay. There's good reason to think it will not. The fine texture as well as the grand movements of life show the need. It, the, the need. it is not, in fact, more presumptuous and dangerous to undertake human existence without hearing from God. You know, it's like, you think oh, it's kind of presumptuous to think God would speak to me. Well, maybe it's more presumptuous to think you're okay without God speaking to you. Maybe that's where presumption is. Maybe that's where arrogance lives, right? We talked about that last week. So as you look through the Bible, you'll see all kinds of ways that God speaks to people. Like all, all kinds, of, a, a kaleidoscope of ways. Uh, uh, like a crazy, a dizzying array, like a variety of ways, more more varied than you think. even like I, I've read the Bible more than once, and uh, just I'm just showing off. and uh, but ev- every time I engage in this topic to talk to you about it, it's like I'm again thinking, oh, yeah, there's that one. Oh, yeah, and then there's that. Oh, and then there's that. And but one of the main ways that God speaks to people, is what you could just call, what a lot of people call, the voice. They're just the voice of God. I'm, uh, I uh, have rituals before I, you know, dare to get up here. And on Friday, one of my rituals is I take one last walk around the building here and just pray and stuff. And there's, there's I can tell you, like, when I'm right about here, I'm praying this. When I'm right about here, I'm praying this. And So... Uh, I get about right where you guys, like, follow the camera back there, right about in front of that exit sign in the back there, and, uh, and I feel like God stops me, and it was one of those weekends, some weekends, just to, to tell you what's really going on, some weekends, I mean, I can't wait to get up here, I'm like, man, this, I really think this is going to be awesome, and then other weekends, I'm like, these poor people, I mean, it's just like, (laughs) oh, man, they're so nice to sit through this, and, uh, uh, and they're so polite to not throw things, and, uh, but and it was one of those where I was kinda just walking into it going, oh yeah, I don't know, man. I, I did my best, but I don't know. And right about there, right about right there, God stopped me and, and I felt like he said to me, um, Ed, cause that's my name. Ed, uh, um, I'm gonna speak to somebody in this, through this message. And if you knew what I was gonna do you would just count the whole weekend worth it just cuz what i was going just because of what i'm going to say to them and he, then he said this and you may or may not ever get to know about this Now, isn't that a weird thing you would think of it's god there would be no may or may not but that's a little insight i think in how things work you know there's a lot of dynamic stuff going on in the world and we and what our choices kind of have a weird interaction with that it's kind of phys- uh, quantum physics too, by the way. You may or may not get to know this, right? And I'm like, oh, okay. And that kind of cheered me up. For, I'm like, well, sucks for the rest of you, but for at least one person, it's going to be an awesome weekend, right? And uh, uh, and I think you're good with that, aren't you? I mean, you're good with taking one for the team. It's like you're like, dude, I'm doing it right now. I'm really hoping somebody's liking this. Um, so I I get that. I you know. So um. And it turned out to where I, at least from where I stood, it was kind of, it was all right, God, I felt like, yeah, God's using this. So, and I have, I really hope I can keep this general enough, because I didn't get around to asking her if I could share this. So, uh, so Friday night, uh, I'm kind of uh, done with the mess, I'm out there, I'm right about there chatting people up, and I'm, uh, it's about over, right? And there's um, a woman who comes back in, who's a regular, uh, Friday night regular, and she has um, three Little kids, and she's here by herself every Friday. Well, three kids that are like this and down. You know what I mean? So those of you that have been moms get like the task of getting them from the children's area to the car. It's a big deal, right? I mean, it's like no, stop it. No, okay, we gotta go now. No, you can have a donut next week. All right, let's go. Come on, like you know, you know what I mean, right? It's 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 no small thing. And so, but. She, she is all the way to the car and she says, I gotta go back. And she, all right, let's go. And she comes back in just about the time we're locking up and says, I gotta tell you. She goes, "I, that message tonight, I was with a friend right before this and we were talking about something that was really deeply painful for us and a tough thing and stuff. And there's several things that were said that were exactly what we were talking about, and I felt like those were they were answers to our our questions we were in. And she goes, "Man, she goes, that was worth it, right?" And I'm like, "Yeah, that's cool, right?" It gets better. So uh, I said, I, so I told her my story, and I said, "You're the one. You're the one, you know." And uh, and I and I said just about when I was over there, and I pointed over there, I and then I told her what I said. And she goes, that's so freaky. Because usually, I sit, and she does, usually I sit right over here. But for some strange reason, I was sitting right over there that night, you know. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? The voice. God speaks to the voice. Here's a classic passage on the voice. It's about a guy named Eliyahu, or uh, Elijah. And uh, his, his, I, I would love to be getting into the whole story that got us here. It's, uh, you should go read it. It's a, it's a classic story. And so uh, Elijah is not in a good place emotionally, and he's ended up just, he's, I got to get out of here. And he's all the way down in the Sinai Peninsula. Then and now, not much of anybody or anything is down there. And he's like, peace out, boom, I'm out of here. And he's all the way down there uh, and just, um, just shot emotionally. So God directs him to the cave, it says in the text. The, the place where Moses stood and got the Ten Commandments. And, it's, and and God's gonna meet this guy there. And when he gets there, it, well, let me read it. I'll read the verse before this, and then you'll, the one that's on your outline in the screen, we'll, we'll get to that. So he said, God said, go forth and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord was passing by and a great and strong wind was rending the mountains and breaking in pieces the rocks before the Lord. You get the picture, right? A wind is so strong that rocks are coming loose from the mountain, right? But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And here's the verse that's on your outline. And after the earthquake, Fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still small voice. And that's when Elijah goes and takes his mantle and wraps it around his face and walks out and the Lord speaks to him at that point. And this is instructive, right? God, God speaking all this spectacular stuff, but where the word of the Lord was for him, where the thing that was gonna help him was in the still small voice if you have your own bible there there's there's a bunch of different ways to translate it it's kind of just um it doesn't work in english i'll tell you about in a second here's see we're i am you are we're attracted to and we kind of want the spectacular like we want to we want god to speak to us in a way that's like boom you know he wanted him to boom from the sky you know like we like a little reverb if that's alright not too much to ask you know and kind of one of those things where you're just like I don't want to have to doubt if this is you God and Elijah is no stranger to, to like crazy miracles just before this on Mount Carmel he'd seen fire come down from heaven and consume like this offering thing and I mean so this is it's not like he'd doesn't know what that's like but where did god meet him in the whisper in the voice look look at the text a little bit let's examine it see the part that says still small voice um, circle that phrase on your outline and uh i wrote it out for you and typed it out for you in the hebrew and then there's the translator in english and hebrew goes the opposite way of english you know that right so the, the word on the right is the word "coal"? say "coal." you guys want to do this or not you don't, you don't have to say it if you don't want all right the next word see, do you see how there's three words there kol damama and eh, see you're, you're losing it here so um and then the final word is "daka," and it's written there right kol mama," and it's like literally the first word is voice and after the fire a voice now hebrew doesn't have like uh, uh, indefinite articles like a and an, so you have to supply those. So there's, there's a fire, a coal, a, a voice, and then the next word, small, or it's really a whisper. The next word is a voice, a whisper. And then the third word, the one on the left in Hebrew or the right, the dakha, that's the word for, it's an adjective in which modifies a noun, right? It's thin or fine. Hold the Mama ka and after the fire, a voice, a whisper, thin, fine. You get the point. This—that's—that's that's what he's trying to convey to you. There's earthquakes and crazy stuff, you know, and dogs and cats living together. I mean, so uh, you know all this, and then, and then there's a voice. A whisper, thin and fine. It's like God interacting with his thoughts so quietly sometimes that you could just pass it off. Ah, that, 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 that's just me. I just, that's just me thinking that. It's like God saying to Elijah, Look, I, I, get, I get it, right? I know we had the cool pyrotechnic show on Carmel a few days ago, but bro, this is how we connect. This here's here's a principle. This is the foundation of the wild stuff, not the other way around. The voice is the foundation. The voice is God's main way. The other way is okay. That's great. This is the foundation of that, not the other way around. So let's look at another story that kind of gives you a little more. Well, how does how, how do you do what what you know like how does this work a little bit? let's Let's work another story, right? This is all over the Bible. This is not, this is not like, oh man, it's getting crazy, Pentecostal. First of all, I hope so. And secondly, um, this is not, if you're like into the Bible, this is what's in the Bible. If you want to go, well, I believe the Bible is the word of God. Good for you. This is what's in there, right? If you want to believe that, then here's what it says, right? Now the boy, Samuel, was ministering to the Lord before Eli, This took place in a place called Shiloh, or Shiloh, which I got to go to the last time I was there. Really, it's in the occupied territory. It's really cool. But here's the thing. There's a great backstory that I don't have time for. Samuel is a servant boy of the priest where the temple tabernacle is. There's no temple. It's all, there's a temple, but it's a tent, essentially, at this point. And the deal is, he's about 12, 11, 12-ish, right? He's... He's junior high age thereabouts. And so he's the servant of the priest who's an old man at this point named Eli or Eli, right? And so now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days and visions were infrequent. See that phrase right there? That's not a matter of fact phrase. That's judgment. That means things suck. That's what it means. It's not like, well, you know, sometimes it's rare and sometimes they're here all the time. It's not supposed to be that way. It's not supposed to be that a word of the Lord is rare and visions are infrequent. But they, especially Eli and his family, had turned away from God and his kids were... It's a, you read the backstory. It's really interesting. So, but that's not our main point. Verse 2. It happened at that time as Eli was lying down in his place, kind of, I, I always, he doesn't say, but I, I get the picture of this is afternoon, like a siesta time. It happened that time that Eli was lying down in his place. Now his eyesight had begun to grow dim and he couldn't see well. And the lamp of God had not yet gone out. That means he's not dead yet. All right? And he can still see a little bit. And Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. Not like right next to it, but in the in the area, right? So here, this part, I believe, is on your outline, right? Yes? Yeah? Okay. All right. That the Lord called to Samuel, and he said, here I am. And then he ran to Eli and said, here I am, for you called me. But he said, I didn't call you. Go lie down again. Now, when, when you see, um, they didn't, their, the rhythms of their speech aren't the same as ours. So it's like, here I am. Like, I don't picture it like that. He's a kid. He's like, and he's the servant boy, and he thinks the guy who's he's serving is saying Samuel. And so he pops out. He goes, oh, be right there. He pops out of bed, and he stands there, and he's like, what can I do for you? That's, that's the, the feel of this. It's not like there's no dramatic, you know, here I am. There's nothing to read into that, right? It's like, hey, what can I do for you? How, you know, like, what do you need? I'm right here. And so he said, I didn't call you. Go lie down again. So he went and laid down. verse six, the Lord called again Samuel. So Samuel popped out of bed and said, here I am, if you called me, what can I do? It's like, I'm ready, what do you need? And he answered, I, I didn't call you son, lie down again. Now we'll put a, verse, a word in there just to, later. Now, Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor had the word of the Lord yet been revealed to him. That doesn't mean he wasn't a Christian or whatever. He doesn't know the Lord, like some, some of us say. That's not what, he, what it means is that he didn't know this voice. He didn't have a relationship with God through the voice. Some of you are like that. You're a, you're a Christ follower. You've asked Jesus in your heart, but you don't know the voice yet. Today, that's going to change, I hope. And so... So the Lord called Samuel again for the third time. And he arose, you know, three is kind of a cool number in the Bible. And he rose and went to Eli and said, okay, I'm right here. You, you know, you, how you can tell he's not a modern American teenager is because he didn't walk in and go, what? <laughs> right, he's like, uh, so uh, he's like, here I am. It's, he's the kind of kid we need to have. Um, recall me. Now, underline this if it's not, it might be underlined already for you. Then Eli discerned, now, see, is not in a great place spiritually either, but he knows the voice. He knows the voice. So he did finally figure this out. He's like, oh, yeah, I know what's happening. The Lord's trying to speak to him. The Lord's trying to speak to Samuel. So he discerned that the Lord was calling the boy. And Eli said to Samuel, now, go lie down. And it shall be, if he calls you, that you shall say, now read this with me, would you? Ready? Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Let's read it one more time. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. I would memorize that phrase if I were you. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So Eli says, here's what you do. Here's You do something. You learn how to do this. So Samuel went and lied down in his place. Then the Lord came and stood and called him as at other times and said, Samuel, Samuel. Oftentimes, when the Lord's speaking to you in your own thoughts, you'll, it'll feel like someone's saying your name. Not someone, but you're saying your own name. And most of us normal people don't run around calling ourselves by our own name, right? Ed's a little tired. Ed's gonna sit down now. ed like a coffee. I mean, that, there's a Seinfeld episode about Jimmy doing that, but it's like, but most of us don't do that, right? So when you hear in your head, like it sounds like somebody saying, Ed, well, that, that's often God trying to speak to you. Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Samuel, kind of he goes, okay, I remember what to do now. <clears throat> uh, speak, Lord, if your servant is listening. And then the Lord said to Samuel, behold, I'm about to do a thing in Israel at which both ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. And then he goes on to tell them what he's gonna do. Now, there's some pretty interesting stuff here. First of all, look down at your, on your outline. Look at verse nine. And Eli said to Samuel, Go lie down and it shall be if he calls you that you shall say, Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. What's what's going on here? Eli is teaching him how to recognize the voice. And so here's the first thing I want you to see, is that hearing the voice is learned behavior. You have to learn it. Write that down. You have to learn it. Let's get the other slide and then we'll come back to the one you guys have up next. See when, oh no, you got it, good. So when we say learn, here's what, here's, how you, here's what you do. Now listen to this. You learn to hear God's voice in an ongoing relational process of understanding plus practice. For some of us, if just going to church is our main thing we do to get our spiritual life going, First of all, awesome is way better than nothing, way, way better than nothing, way better. But this, hopefully every week you get some understanding. There's like a concept, or a thought, or a, hey, you should do this, you should try this. That's a concept. But you know from going to school, like for most of us, unless you're an engineer or something, if we put, like say you took algebra in school, maybe you you got all the way to trig. Right? I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand if you got that far because you'll just be showing off and that'll be bad for you. But uh, um, I didn't. And uh, So say you got all the way there, and, but say we put a geometry proof in front of you right now. If you do that in your freshman or sophomore year, right, probably if you haven't messed with it in a while, you'd be going, uh, um, uh, because it was just a concept, right? So here's what you need. You need an ongoing relational process that's in the context of your connection with God that includes understanding, like a concept, and then you gotta try it out. Like, so today, if you listen to this sermon, and in the back, you find me go, hey, Ed, that was a great message. And I'm like, yeah, it was all right. And uh, we go, oh, hey, well, have a great week. And that's, that's it? Then, okay, great. You learned a concept. Maybe you'll remember about Oh, eight to 10% of what I said by Wednesday, by next week, it'll be down to like 0.5% of anything that was said this week, right? And that's the sad reality of my existence, but there, that's, right? But it's just understanding. But what you need to do to actually learn how to do this is try to do it, right? It's like, learn the concept and then give it a shot, then give it a try, see what happens. See if God actually speaks to you. When we go to worship in a few minutes, like use the worship time to go, okay, God, is there anything you wanna say? Next time you come to, maybe you decide, I'm gonna go, uh, boy, I, after this, I think I need to go to a class and uh, you could go over to the healing class and, and go, okay, Lord, I'm gonna sit here and maybe you'll have a word from me here. Maybe you'll have some, a word f- from me. You know, and you know, could Or maybe you go home this afternoon and before you turn on the games, you sit and go, I think I'm gonna take a little walk and just see. And I'm gonna be quiet and just see if God might speak to me. Like you try it out. Does that make sense? That's an ongoing practice. The Hebrew says this, but solid food is for the mature who because of what? Because of say it. Say it like Alan Iverson. You know, some of you know that quote, some <laughs> you talking about practice man all right so but solid food is for the mature who because of practice have their senses to train to discern between good and evil see this is how God grows you up this is like here's some solid food because you have practiced you've given this a shot You're, you're actually doing this have their senses trained to discern good and evil here's another concept that I think is in this text that hinders us from hearing the voice of God and notice this Look at verse six, the Lord called yet again to Samuel. So Samuel rose and went down to Eli and said, here I am, you called me, but he answered, I didn't call you my son, go lie right down again. Here's what I want you to write in the little bracket there. Here's what else this is, it's missable. It's able to be missed, or you could even say this, or ignored, or resisted. That's the crazy thing that most people misunderstand. Many people, I should say, eh, yeah, I'm going to go with most. Most people misunderstand. They think when we talk about God speaking to you, or like when the pastor gets up and says, I feel like God was speaking to me this week and said this, or I feel like God was saying this, that it's like God says it in a way that you're like, whoa, there's no way. And if God ever spoke to me, I, in fact, I've heard people say this. And, I, and say it authoritatively. You know, if God speaks to you, oh, you'll know it. You'll know it. You know, when the Lord speaks, you'll know it. I'm like, that sounds good. I even understand your logic. It's just not in the Bible. I mean, does that sound in this text like it was unmissable? If Eli had never picked up on this, what would have happened? We don't know, but the implication is that God would have found someone else to say this to and Samuel never would have learned and discerned. Samuel became a great prophet, but it started with him learning to recognize God's voice in his life. Now you think, why would God be like this? Why wouldn't God just, if he's got something to say, just spit it out and say it? Well, God has this general policy of not bowling people over. You know what I'm saying? God, God is in this world in such a way that if you want him, you can easily find him. Once you start seeking God, you see him everywhere. Am I right? Some of you are kind of new at this. Am I right about that? Like you're kind of new, but like there was a, f- a couple of years ago, you were like, man, I, I don't know where God is. And now you can't miss him. It's like he's sticking himself in all over your life, right? But on the other hand, if you choose to ignore him, you'll have people say, well, I don't know. I haven't seen God. I haven't heard anything from God. I don't know where God is, right? Here's the deal, God doesn't force people into relationship and keep this in mind too. The end game for God with us, listen, God's speaking to us, the end game is relationship. God's end game in speaking to you is not to get you to do stuff. Really, you think God needs you to do stuff? You know, I really need some help. You know, I'm I'm like, you know, I got nobody to do this. I'm doing it by myself. I'm sick of doing it by myself. That's not his end game. He could, God doesn't need us to do stuff. I mean, sometimes he does ask us to do stuff. Yeah, okay, fine. But that's not the end game. The end game is relationship. So how do you do this? How do you learn to listen? Now, here's where I screwed the outline up on Friday. And I think it flows better this way. So flip it back over. And the part that we skipped over this is the starting point of learning to listen. Here's where you start. Is you get to know God by getting to know God's voice in interactive reading of his word, which is the Bible. That's where you start. If you go, okay, I'd like to learn to hear God's voice. Well, then here's what you do. You start by, by getting connected with the Bible because there you know for sure that that's God speaking to you. You've never opened a Bible where there wasn't something on that page, in fact, everywhere on that page, where it had something for you. Some places in the Bible are easier to pick that up than others. So just, if you're new at this, I'll just say this, start in the New Testament. Start with Jesus, start in the Gospels. Just start with the New Testament, just start reading. The first page is going to be a little boring with the genealogy, but you just give it one page and you'll be in. It'll be all good. You got Christmas and all this stuff, but start there, all right? But give it a, you know, if you want to start with the book of Mark, then you can get right into it. But start in the New Testament. If there's another great book on the voice of God. Uh, It's not as good as Dallas's, but it's really good. Jack Deere says this. Anyone who wants to hear God's voice on a regular basis... Now listen, look at that. Hear God's voice on a regular basis. Friends, that's the plan. That's the plan for you, not for just Ed the pastor, but for you to hear God's voice on a regular basis. Well, if you want that, you have to become intimately acquainted with the written word of God. So let me show you a couple little passages here. Well, they're not. well, they are a little, I guess, short. If that's what we're talking about. So John says this, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone into the world. Now, unfortunately, what John is saying is the world is not a safe place for the gullible, right? If you're gullible, this is just not a safe place for you. So what do you do about that? You don't believe every spiritual thing that it says. Not every, not every thought you have. Not everything somebody says. Not everything on TV. I know this is a shock. Not everything on TV that, that claims to be spiritual, that claims to be spirituality, is really from God. Not every person speaking in the name of God is really speaking for God to you. Did you get that? You're going, yeah, I know, those crazy other religions and stuff. Yes, and maybe, and okay. Um, But also, not everybody speaking to you in the name of the Christian God is actually speaking a word of God to you. So you're like, dude, so how do you know? Well, let me see. Test the spirits. Test the spiritualities out there. Test them. Uh, Dokimazo is the Greek word. Hold them up to the light, like it's like a piece of pottery. See if there's a crack in it or if somebody put wax in that crack. That's what the idea is. Because, so what do you do? Then by this, you know the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses Jesus. So the test is a content test. It's like, what are they actually saying? Well, how would I know that? Well, you've got to get a little bit familiar, maybe a lot familiar with the Bible. And that is, it's okay if you're not, It might take a little time, but you can get there, right? Let me show you another verse real quick. He says, for this reason, Paul's saying here, since the day we heard of it, we have not ceased to pray for you. What are we praying? And to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. That you would be filled with the knowledge of what God wants as revealed in the scripture. That's one place to know that. Now, here's here's a, let, let me lay this out for you. Um, I get, I fully get that not everybody is bookish and likes to read. Some of you just don't like to read. Some of you read all day at work and the last thing you wanna do is read more when you get home or before you go to work. You know, I, I get that. Some of, us, some of us liked reading books and some of us don't. And we kind of have a, this is better than that. Here's what I'd like to say. For the first 1,500 years of the Jesus movement, Nobody owned books except the monastery and the church. Not because they were like hoarding them, it's because y- you had to copy them by hand. They cost an incredible amount of money. For most of the history of this movement that Jesus started, no one owned a Bible. So the idea that the only way you could grow is to sit with your Bible at a coffee shop and underline and read and go, that's, so oh man, without this, you're, okay, that is a great, that's kind of what I do. I like that, right? But the idea of, if you're not like a person that likes reading, and you're like, man, I I know it, okay, I'll try it again. I've tried this a hundred times. Here's what you do. You live in a golden age, my friends, because back then, what did they have to do to be filled with the knowledge of God's will? They had to, say it, Okay, they had to listen to it from somebody's boca, right? They had to go to church and listen to people reading the Bible. That was it, because that's where the Bible was. You, my friends, have been given a cell phone by God, right? And uh, you have a, hopefully it's a smart enough phone that has, that you can put version on it. So it's a miracle. It really is a beautiful thing that there's this app, version, right? And you put it on there, and guess what? I hate reading. Fine. Put version on, put, push the guy talking to you. He'll speak in a British accent. It's awesome, right? And you can take a walk. And and listen, you can go to the gym and get in shape and listen. You can just sit down at your house and listen. You can do you can just sit there and listen. You can do whatever you want. You can drive and don't do that because it's hard to it's really hard to like pray and drive for me at least, cause it's hard to pray and curse the other drivers at the same time. <laughs> Someday I'll multitask like that, but not not now. So are you getting are you feeling me? You you gotta figure this out. And but the thing is it's interactive. Notice the point. Interactive reading. Consider what I say, Paul says. For the Lord will give you understanding and everything. Consider, you've got to interact with this. That means you've got to go, okay, what is this? God, like before you push play on new version and start listening, go, God, speak to me. Your servant is listening. Speak, Lord. This is your word, and I believe it's your word for me. So speak to me. And then there'll be a phrase in the text. Go, you can go to, there's, in fact, there's a class happening right now giving, teaching you spiritual practices on how to hear God's voice. You can join it starting next week. Here's three more, four more things, and I'm going to give them to you quickly, and then we're going to worship and actually try this out. So number, here's four things. You start, at the, you start there, and then you do these four things. Number one, expect. Expect God to speak to you. This is a truism in life, man. You get what you're looking for. Here's the problem with uh, like, it, well, it's not a problem. You ask anybody who surfs and here's what they do. They, they see different things at the beach. It kind of ruins the beach for you. Cause you go and you're like, oh, isn't the beach beautiful? Yeah, but that left isn't doing much out there. Is it? I mean, it's like, you just, you just look different. You know, if you're like, right? And you, who, who surfs out there? Who, who's on, right? Am I, am I right? You drive up there. You drive. You can't drive to Orange County without like looking over and seeing what's going on at Trestles. Like, yeah, okay, right. You just can't, right? So you find what you're looking for. Expect God to speak to you. Number two, ask. Ask God to simply speak to you. Pray the Samuel prayer. Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. Number three, evaluate. Like once you think you God spoke to you. Here's what I do is if I'm anywhere near my laptop, I write it down in my journal. And then the next day I look at it, or maybe even a couple days, and I go, whoa, that really was God. It's much easier to see it after the fact. Next week we'll talk more about that. Skip that little point right there and move to number four, and that's this. Listen, just try walking around with Samuel's space-creating prayer this week. Listen. So, can I just say this to you? Listen. Listen. Right now, listen. This might, for some of you, this might be your Eli Samuel moment. Where you go, whoa, I think that's God speaking to me. It could have been through something that was said from up here. It could be from a lyric to one of the songs. It could be from none of those. And just while there's... Like the instruments are playing or, you know, there's one passage in 2 Kings 3 where it says, and while the instruments played, the word of the Lord came. That's why we do music, by the way, because that's, that's sometimes when the word of the Lord comes. You notice Samuel was told, and if he shall say to you, this isn't in our control. Don't force it. oh man I got to hear something well no just expect it but don't force it that make sense it's kind of zen right so why don't we pray and then we'll uh... and then I think God might say something to us who knows why don't you pray this with me speak Lord speak Lord your servants are listening your servants are listening